Hello, everybody. My name is Lat Mackey, and this is Sequence Break, episode 22, Mr. And in this episode, as you can probably already tell by the layout, we are I'm joined by a couple of guests that are going to be awesome. They're both uh, enthusiasts and people who really are passionate about the Mr. And this is something before I get into it a little bit too much. Um, I am the ignorant novice and the whole kind of purpose and reason and the idea behind this episode of the podcast is that in 2019, my good friend over here, Evan Grill, uh, we were at SGDQ 2019, and he for over a year, he had been in my ear about the Mr. is cool, it's awesome, you can't wait, you're going to love playing with it, <laughs> and was was putting on the hard sell for the Mr. And I got to be honest, I didn't quite get it until he let me play it in our, you know, when we were at SGDQ, and um, a whole bunch of things started clicking, and that's the whole idea for what we're about to dive into and get into. So first, let me introduce my good friend, Evan Grill. How are you doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> Thanks for being here. And also joined by very special guest, Al Anonymous. Thanks for being here, man. Hey, how you doing? I'm Thanks doing great. Um, so let's let me let's do a quick just kind of intro. Like, Al, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, what kind of uh, how you what is kind of your your thing as far as retro gaming and all that kind of stuff. And then how you got involved with the Mr. Okay, uh, I've been streaming for about five years, uh, mostly all retro. Uh, I'm usually all original hardware. That's like what I prided on for the longest time. So I was like uh, OSSC, RGB modded, original hardware, flash carts. I also feature arcade stuff and pinball. With like uh, Pinball is my mainstay uh, every Wednesday, and I do pinball cameras. I have like a bunch of cameras, a ridiculous setup, just to share you know, a hobby. But yeah, the Mr. grabbed me uh, about two years ago, a year and a half ago, and I haven't looked back. All of my original hardware, unfortunately, like has like dust on it, <laughs> and I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed of it, but right. also it, it's also amazing. So no, absolutely, could agree more. And then Evan, kind of, what's what's uh, how do you fit into the whole retro scene? Um, well, I mean, I've been playing games since I was a little kid, and I <laughs> I do um, small small electronics repairs a hobby of mine. So I do some mod work, and I do. Um, and I, I got a Mr. Ooh, like a year and a half ago or so. Um, once I kind of realized what it was, I was like, ooh, this sounds really cool. And I jumped on and I, I mean, I have real consoles, but <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, I, the Mr. is my go to. And I, I think it's important to note that, like, any time Evan's done uh, modifications on my consoles before, so I, he's typically my go-to person if there's anything like, how do I play this on this into this? You know, he's uh, he's definitely been kind of my go-to person as, as far as getting uh, retro hardware to play, be able to play it nowadays, since we don't have a lot of the, <laughs> the same things yeah. we had back in the day. So when I was in college, I worked at the Apple Store, and uh, I became known as the person to go to if you want to connect device a to device b <laughs> nice very cool okay we'll take a quick break i think al had to step out for just a moment so hope he's okay um while we're waiting um have you done any mods on your genesis uh, evan mm, not yet i actually have two of them i have a model two and a model one the model one supposedly works um i've gotten games to work in it i just haven't really played around with it much um I have not done any of the the cool triple bypass mods yet. Ah, uh, yes, the fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Are you, are you good to go, Al? Do we need to take a break or anything like that? Oh no, I just my yeah, my eyes dried up. But everything's good. 
Cool. Okay. So Al, I'm going to throw the first question to you. And if you could please, uh, like, what is Mr. And, and what is the, the, what is the Mr.? <laughs> Let's start with that. Okay. I'm going to do a little bit of reading here. Please. Uh, just because yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure I have my verbiage correctly. The Mr. is an open source project that aims to use like an off uh, sh the shelf development board uh, to recreate an all-in-one FPGA console. It starts off with like a, a Terrasic DE10 Nano, which is put out there by Intel to teach people how to use FPGAs. It's not meant for retro gaming. Like we're we're just using this really powerful FPGA that's subsidized. It should be like three hundred bucks, and it's one forty, one thirty. It was one twenty when I started this. Yeah. To to do retro gaming, and then we we add all kinds of stuff on the top and bottom of it to make it like the ultimate console. Does uh, and Evan, I guess this could be for you, Evan. Does is it able to play like do, if you were just to buy the board? Does that enough to get you to play, or do you need what? What are the kind of some of the things to just make it workable or playable for at a very let's say Nintendo? We just wanted to start at a base level. So it, uh, I would have to look, but in general, um, you can do some of the consoles right out of the box, but most of them want a add-on RAM board, and those come in thirty-two, sixty-four, or one hundred and twenty-eight megabytes. Uh, but the 32 is all you need unless you're playing basically on a Neo Geo. The Neo Geo core is the only one that uses larger than that right now. Uh, that might change, but right now it's the only one that, that uses more. So I'm going to go back to you, Al. What were some of like then the first, first of all, what was the first build you have? It? What, what kind of add-ons did you add on right away? And what were your first cores and consoles that you were playing on, on the Mr.? Right, so my very early builds, which a few of my, my friends have, because I built them for, for, I've been building them for people for uh, about a year now. Uh, they would have, I would just, it comes with a clear top shell. I would just put that on the bottom and mount a cheap $7 OTG USB hub from Amazon. And then you at least need a 32 megabit SD RAM, like mentioned, yeah. for like a good, good bit of the cores. There's about like seven or eight cores that doesn't require any SD RAM. You can run the TurboGrafx, you can mm -hmm. run the Genesis, you can run a lot of the arcade early arcade cores, um, but yeah, those were, those were my first early builds, uh, and then later ones, um, I wanted to have the analog I/O. There's an analog board that you can put on top to get you digital uh, to give you analog out and audio and video, and that's how I I shoot out uh, my image to a PVM and then HDMI to the capture at the same time. Most of the cores have dual outputs, so for a streamer or a content creator, it's like perfect. Yeah. So it, it, I guess, I mean, I, you know, the, the question comes up right away before we get into some of the more technical and, and some of the more interesting things you can do with it. Why would somebody choose to use, why would the Mr. be your purchase? Like, why would you consider doing this instead of the, the retro, you know, going down and buying an, an old Nintendo and stuff like that? Um, Evan, well, I'll throw it to you. Yeah, first. The, the Mr.'s only, even the full package is only about this big. <laughs> It's maybe six inches wide by four inches by four inches or so. Yeah, it's like and, three Genesis carts stacked on top of each other. Yeah. Um, and it does all of the consoles it does. It does a whole ton of retro computers. And it has cores for a ton of arcade games, especially the Neo Geo, where the cheapest games start at 50 or 60 bucks and go up to thousands of dollars. Yeah, and even getting on that on a TV is going to be another couple hundred bucks. Yep. So it, before I do some of the add-ons and things like that, what what is the native output of the Mister? HDMI. HDMI. I okay. mean, that's it yeah. comes with an H, the D10 Nano has an HDMI port, and then you have to add on stuff to get or uh, use the direct video dongles. You can actually use video dongles now too. Yeah, I can't forget about that. There's an analog board. There's a digital board, 
And then there's, uh, you can use a analog, you can use like a cheap HDMI to VGA, HDMI to all kinds of different um, dongles to get your direct video output that way as yeah. well. If I, yeah, you would, get, you get what component. would you, what, you're asking what should you do? Like if you're going to jump in? No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm asking if somebody is brand new to this because one of the things I've noticed, uh, at least for me, and then I've heard others uh, mention this at all, is this barrier to entry. It seems a bit complicated uh, because of the add-ons and the things. Am, am I just overthinking it or is it as simple as I could buy this thing, I could get the RAM thing and I could plug it right into my, my modern TV? Like, is it that simple? So everyone that's been uh, intimidated with the barrier, the barriers of entry, I just tell them to watch. Like I made a video on how to set up everything. It's if you've ever set up a Raspberry Pi, if you set up RetroArch, if you've set up an emulator, you're gonna know how to do this. Okay. Basically, you use an SD card tool, and that gives you a couple partitions. But the only one you care about is FAT32, so you can put it on your computer, and then you just drop the ROMs on there, and you run one script, and the script downloads everything for you. So the script uh, downloads all the core, the soft cores, all everything, and it creates the folder structure. So you basically just drag and drop stuff. Yeah, and if you can edit a config file, like you've edited a config file in a text editor, then you're good. That that's the most complicated thing you have to do is changing video modes a little bit. And you don't even have to do that. Now and you don't. You yeah, the, you, the script. There's a script to, to do that for you. Yep. That so, and I, I think we, this is a good time actually to touch on it. One of the things that um, I notice, it seems like every day there is new support for something with the Mister, and I think it, initially that was part of my um, uh, struggle with understanding what this thing is capable of because it seemed like every day there was something new and new and new, and it still seems like that way. But one of the things I've learned is that's an advantage because the, there's this huge community support. Could we? Is there a way to sum up or, or at least broadly touch upon the community support for this for this project? Community uh, support is amazing. Like it's it's a huge scene. Everybody's still super excited about it. It reminds me because I'm an old I'm gamer. It reminds me of like the early scenes of emulators when like the N64 was being emulated. Like there's no way the N64 is being emulated. Like it's this all these different people and different passions bringing you know what they like. Jotago likes Capcom, so he's bringing all the early Capcom stuff to you. Yeah. So yeah, people are people are super awesome. I haven't really met anybody negative, and everybody's willing to help. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Evan. Oh, and um. The, the one really cool thing is I, we've started to see some of the people moving from the emulator space over to the, the Mr. Um, in the last, what, two weeks, there's just been all of the people that have previously worked on TurboGrafx-16 and PC Engine um, emulation are moving really quickly over to uh, the Mr. And we're seeing updates and we're seeing very promising things there's not an official announcement yet but there's very promising things they're starting to do um do better uh versions of the uh video chip and there's the expectation we might see turbo cd or pc engine cd soon and i guess that's you know so is there um I can, we can include this in the show notes and things like that. Is there a place that is like of the list of currently supported cores, or maybe we could briefly list off like, and I'll throw this over to Al, like what are the currently supported consoles or cores as they're called for the mister? Okay. I'm just going to pull up the, the GitHub is actually the best place for information. Perfect. So I'll pull up the GitHub here. It's uh, I can post it in your chat. Yeah, please do. That's great. All right. So the current support, cause like, like you're saying, it's exciting that new things come out. So, 
stuff comes out every week. It's kind of like getting like digital mail. Like, hey, you have a, now have a Sega Genesis. Hey, you, now you have an Auric One re- super rare computer. But yeah, currently uh, it's broken down to. Um, <laughs> this is so. This is a great list. Computers classic. So you have all these old like Amiga, Amstrad, CPC. Yeah, CPC is dope, by the way. C64, uh, Commodore. Yeah. yeah, Commodore 6. I have like legitimately smitten with a Commodore 64. Yeah. <laughs> I, being a being a kid in the U.S., I never, I didn't have one. So now that I'm going able to play it, oh, it's amazing. So cool. the MSX is is so cool. There's a lot of early Konami on MSX. There's so many games that you know on Nintendo are MSX ports or started off on the MSX. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then we have uh, the classic uh, early um, console, so Atari 2600. Genesis, Game Boy, uh, Mega Drive, Neo Geo, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, TurboGrafx-16, and then there's like other stuff coming out. So there's an Adreno Bori, uh, Chip 8, and then there's like a unique Flappier Bird is a like a basically a proof of concept and kind of an April Fool's joke, but it is <laughs> it's 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 unique platform. So that's saying you could use the Mister as a platform to create your game for. Yep. Uh, Evan, what's the uh, processor in this thing? What's the underlying processor in it? Uh, it's the I think it's the largest end uh, Cyclone Five. The Cyclone Five is offered in three or four different sizes, and those are actual physical sizes. The bigger they are, the more uh, logic units it has on the board, so the more it can do. Got it. I so- think they're using the largest one. Yeah, it's it's a beast. <laughs> yeah, it used to be made by Altera, and it's uh, Intel bought Altera, so that's where we're at now. So, you know, this is a question that came from Twitter, and there's a good time for it. I want to make sure I get it right. Uh, for, uh, yeah, 40Watt asks, so he's a big fan. So I got to give a quick shout-out to 40Watt Rage because he's actually one of the people who I thought of. Uh, I saw, he, he made a really interesting tweet about speedrunning that I, we'll get to in just a second. Yeah. But he goes, as a big fan myself, and now has become a de facto speedrunning console, what is the most advanced console that is theoretically supported by the mister and would could really realistically be supported theoretically and realistically i'll throw that so, one to al or evan oh, okay oh. uh i think probably playstation yeah uh, playstation one would probably be the limits i mean uh i, I sent over a sheet of um the usage for the fpga portion of the altera 5 correct so like the i, I guess the the most used core is the the ao 46 uh, which is a you know 46 based computer, um, but yeah, I mean the sky is the limit as long as the logic's there. The logic gates, you know, room for the logic gates is there. Yeah, um, there definitely is someone presently working on a PlayStation Core. Um, it's not near testing yet, but it's getting close. The um, there's also talk of like similar consoles of the era, the. Uh, Nintendo 64, the Saturn, those are maybe more theoretical. Like, it could do that, but maybe not at full speed. Because that's the question. Can it recreate it, but can it also recreate it at full speed? And they, they're not sure on those. And um, that list that Al sent you, we'll, we'll throw it in the show notes. Um, it It's a little high level, but one of the things you're going to notice is there's some of the cores seem to use a lot of... The, like the Super Nintendo seems is using 75% of the, the, the FPGA, but that's because it loads all of the special chips all at once. Um, it, rather than load them like a, the, uh, it used to be the SD2 SNES, now it's the FX pack. The way the FX pack d- works is it actually looks at the ROM and says, oh, this ROM needs a Super FX chip, let's load that. So it loads it on demand. This loads them all at once. 
So that FPGA is loaded with special chips. What's cool is there's a, I think there's a couple of ROMs that use multiples that you never would actually be able to use in real life, but now you can because this loads all of them at once. That's uh, that's really interesting. So I, I you know, that it leads me to a real, you know, one of the things that um, I noticed, I, I had a Raspberry, or I still have a Raspberry Pi, and I was loading up the emulators on it and everything like that. And one of the things I've noticed really has happened, I guess, as long as emulators have been around, is to emulate the hardware the best it possibly can. And so in the case of the NES, you would still get a lot of the lag that existed in the games originally because that's the way the game, that's the way the hardware would handle it. Does the mister do the same thing with the cores or are, is this something where we can, we can, uh, we can get rid of it? Like what, what, how does it, how does it uh, take on something like that? Go ahead. Em. Oh, um, well-written cores will absolutely lag at the same points that real hardware will because they are representing the same hardware. Um, that said, a lot of, well, some of the cores have options to increase sprite limits and things like that, and that will actually reduce the, uh, the slowdown. It's controversial, but <laughs> it's there. It's amazing. <laughs> like, if you're not speedrunning it and you just want to play, like, an yeah. old Nintendo game that has a lot of flicker, as long as it, the flicker's not hard-coded into its actual over uh, utilization not hard coded you can get eliminate a lot of flicker yeah. by adding extra sprite limit and also putting you know the the cpu on, on turbo i don't know if the nes one is up but it has sprite limit for sure i have a, a super sd system 3 plugged into my pc engine and for those that aren't aware it's it, it's an it's like a flash cart but it plugs into the console and on cd games it gets rid of uh, i'm sorry i should say get rid of it speeds up the loading time on cds which depending on if, what kind of speed run you're doing or whatever but for a casual playthrough it's awesome it's amazing <laughs> you know it's great to get rid of this is is the uh, mister able to do things like that and is that something that you like you have to go in and tweak with some sweat settings or is this something that can be supported you know pretty quickly once you get up and going are you talking about for speed running? Uh, no, I'm saying just for like in like with CDs. I'm taking with CDs the stuff the stuff that it, and are any CD units actually supported at this time? I should first okay, check yeah. Out. Currently, there's uh the Mega Drive CD is supported, and you can cool. load whatever BIOS you want. Cool. Um, like Evan mentioned earlier, I we believe that the PC Engine CD core is being worked on. Very cool. Um, the Amiga has some CD support in the back for the CD32 games, but it doesn't have audio. But yeah, that is as long as there's room and there's and there's uh, people willing to commit time to it, it, it could definitely happen. Like Jaguar could come, Jaguar CD could come. Yeah, um, there's a beta Jaguar core right now, and it's working. I don't know that it has CD support yet, but I I've actually done it on stream. I've used it on stream. There's a, I hear this word get thrown around a lot, and I think I have a better understanding of it now thanks to Evan and a lot of other people who've helped educate me. But what exactly is an FPGA, and why is it, what what does it enable? Like what what is it? What does that make thing? Why does it make this whole thing possible? And I'll throw it over to Evan first. So there's two reasons that you would use an FPGA traditionally. Um, one is that we can um, you would use it as a development board. So you want to create a custom integrated circuit, but you want to be able to change it until you get it finalized. So you okay. would do that on an FPGA until you got it finalized, then you would send off to a factory to have them made as custom. The other would be situations where you want to have a chip that can be changed on demand. Um, and that's kind of what the Mr. Project is, is you, we have a system where we want to be able to change that chip on demand. 
And this, so that leads to a great question we have from the chat that says, I, I have a question, uh, an FPGA, is FPGA a, for uh, a Sega Saturn really far away? Because is possible, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm missing out the language here, but is an FPGA on the Sega, Sega Saturn, Sega 32X, is that something that could be possible for the system? Well, the Sega Saturn's kind of a hot mess. It's, I mean, <laughs> if we're talking about the original hardware, it's multiple things patched on top of each other because that's the way Sega did development. They just kept on adding things. It's a beautiful yeah. hot mess, but it would be very difficult for an FPGA uh, Saturn. What was the other one you mentioned? You mentioned... Uh, 32X. 32X is possible, but I've also heard what's the bother because there's like six to eight games. <laughs> it would be very difficult. It could come with time, but it, I've heard it's not a priority. Yeah, they would they would have to probably rewrite the way the video output works because the 32X doesn't just add some power to the system. It actually adds a layer on top of the video. And so you get the Genesis rendered video that gets output and then the 32X takes that video and adds extra video on top of it. Yeah, kind of like the laser active stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever messed with that. So wild, so cool. What I'm getting from a lot of this, though, is that, you know, if there's a community, there's no barrier to entry for development. If somebody, minus the hardware limitations, obviously, but I mean, if somebody wants to try to develop a 32X, if there was, if they could, they could do so. There's nothing that's going to prevent them from doing that. Is that, am I understand that? They would be welcomed with open arms. <laughs> awesome. We've uh, actually even we've actually even um, had people pull money together to go ship people D10s to get on the platform. Yeah, that's how we that's how we've gotten some of the Japanese developers on board. Yeah, is giving them the hardware. With the most recent uh, um, quarantining and self isolation, have there been any slowdowns in getting hard and ordering hardware? Or is it still readily available? Uh, very much so. Okay. Yeah, a lot of this, a lot of the chips and supplies. Not for the D10 itself, because you can still order those, but for the suppliers, they've all dried up because of uh, the parts are sourced from China. Gotcha. So cool. there is there is a delay on some of the stuff. So if you're interested in the in the Mister, I would just start with the D10, get that shipped to you a month later on Amazon, <laughs> or order it directly from somebody else, uh, you know, another supplier, and uh, start playing around. And then yeah, you can always it's a modular system. That's the best one of the best things about it is you can just keep on adding stuff or taking stuff away. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just to let you know, Zoom is going to shut us down here in five minutes, so or six minutes. So we'll just stop and we'll restart it up again because we're about halfway through. There's still a lot of stuff I want to get to. <laughs> um, let's. Uh, uh, what are? Um, let's see. We already went over a bit. What are some of the disadvantages? What are some of the drawbacks to using uh, uh, the Mister uh, compared to uh, actual uh, hardware? And I'll start with you, Al. Okay, I have something prepared here. Oh, awesome! Nice. All right, yeah. So uh, some of the features that are super easy, like on emulation. They're hard to implement via FPGA. Stuff like save states, um, like filters, um, you know, just extended stuff that's super easy to do when you're not using the original hardware. It's like if you want to have a save state on the Game Boy Advance. So the Game Boy Advance is one of the only cores that has save states. It has fast forward and rewind as well. They basically, if they, since they have it on FPGA uh, form, they could actually get, get that processed and made into a chip and make a Game Boy that does save states. So like it's you're making the original hardware um, have that support. So that's why it's so much harder than just you know uh, with an emulator when you're you you don't have any actual physical constraints. Cool. Um, that, that that and that seems reasonable. I mean, it's obviously there's there's uh, are there any others? Evan looked like might want to add it in there. Um. No, that would that okay. would basically be what I would describe. It, the only other thing I would add is that the core is only as good as the author who wrote it. 
So like if a core, it, it depends on how much accuracy, the detail that they want to put into it. If they're, we have different cores that are ideas of how something works and then it's implemented FPGA. And then we have people like Furtech that are decapping stuff and it is exact a hundred percent. You could send this to print to re- have a replacement part. Because well, Furtech was actually uh Furtech for the Neo Geo was making replacement parts. And we kinda yeah. like pulled him to over here and be like, Hey, you know you you have all that description language and you have all this <laughs> stuff. Do you wanna you want a mister? Do you want do you yeah. want to work on the mister? And they did. And it's the most amazing core it's one of the most amazing cores that we have on the mister, because it's yeah. incredibly accurate. The I did think of one other thing you can't do with the mister, and that's use actual carts. Oh, true, very true. So so if we're doing this all above board you have to somehow dump your existing <laughs> carts and then, yeah. <laughs> I got yeah, you. And, and I, I've been told that the mister couldn't even use carts because of the input. Oh, yeah, couldn't, We couldn't adapt the USB. It. It would, you would have to, honestly, you could have a, some kind of USB cart reader, but it would actually dump the ROM and then send it. In, but it wouldn't actually be running off the, off the yeah. cartridge. Yeah, and, in, and if that's the way we did it, then it wouldn't support flash carts because that's there- how they work. That leads to an interesting question that uh, Vampire MSX actually uh, asked a little bit earlier. And he goes, he's a part of an emulator team, but he says that the developing for an FPGA type, like uh, an FPGA is actually a different skill set or it's a different type of thing. Can we, what is that? Uh, why, and why why doesn't it kind of work the same way? For, and forgive my Evan, ignorance. <laughs> Evan, you want to try that? Yeah. So um, emulators in general um, tend to, recreate the output so their goal and and this may be oversimplifying it or i might be speaking out of turn here but their general goal is to get the result which is the video on the screen and the game you play whereas for the mister and for an fpga type of setup their goal is one-to-one recreation Uh, because it's dedicated hardware it's more realistic they could do the one-to-one recreation because that's with emulators that's really hard to do that's really hard to run an entire another computer on top of your computer and have it run at full speed and a hundred percent accuracy so a lot of times what they're doing is they'll make shortcuts that result in the same thing but don't do it in the same manner and as a result sometimes we'll do it a little faster or sometimes it'll do it a little slower right yeah, and the Mister, what they're doing is they're taking the original schematics and logic and uh, converting it to hardware description language. So then it basically recreates the logic and recreates all the connections, and it's just it's a lot more difficult. I don't know if it's a lot more difficult, but it's 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 more tedious. I don't know. No, it's, it's and it's the thing that kind of blows my mind still. Like I, I I'm, I'm hearing you guys describe this, and I understand it. it's trying to read a game like like the actual Nintendo does, and that just that still blows my mind that it's that that we're at a point where we can actually uh, start to work toward. I mean, it's doing it. It's not even working towards it. It's actually yeah. doing that. <laughs> Let's go through some of the hardware and the displays and controllers and peripherals that are compatible. Like, Okay, so I've got my base. Uh, I under, I'm understanding now myself. I'm understanding much better actually what the base is of the Mister Project. What are some of the things that I can add on, or, and what kind of extra modules and boards? And there's a great picture and display of what. Uh, Al, why don't you take us through a little bit of actually tell us what you've got there and and walk us through a little bit what's on that. Okay, so this is uh, the ultimate Mister case. Mister um, Add-ons makes a very similar case. It's the outside is made of PCB material. So in the middle is the DE10. And the bottom is uh, like a USB, see a powered USB hub. 
And then, so I have Ethernet hooked up. I have a controller hooked up. And then the top is the analog I.O. with a fan. And then three buttons. There's like a home button. There is a uh, an OSD, like bring up the on, on-screen display. And then there's a reset button, uh, just like hitting reset on a Nintendo. And then if you look, I have a bunch of stuff going out as well. Yeah. So <laughs> analog out, power out, and then HDMI out. And then the front is all the all the controllers I have hooked up. Both you and Evan mentioned earlier, and this is where my mind started to get really blown, is that you can, there are uh, analog to digital, digital analog converters. So you can actually end up, there are modules where you can play this thing on a CRT TV. And I, I, what, it, I, yeah, well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Plugged into a PVM. Perfect. Um, why don't we, I guess at this point, we should start going through some of the costs because that was Bald Nate's question on Twitter is like, we, we you talked about what the base model is going to cost. What is like, let's say, what if I want to plug this thing into my CRTV, what's that going to cost? What, what kind of, what additional things am I going to need? Okay. You would want, uh, let me get it back to me. <laughs> So yeah, you'd want to, you'd want to buy the D10. Okay. You'd at least want a 32 uh, megabit SD RAM, maybe 128 if you wanted to use the full Neo Geo category uh, library, or if you just want to be you know future proofing a little bit. And yeah. then um, a, a cheap ODG hub, like a USB hub, or you could go powered. It all, like like I'm saying, it's all you don't think have to think you have to jump in you know the 400 bucks to get into the Mister. You can start with the D10, get the cheapest RAM. Get a direct video dongle and shoot it out to an old monitor, a PVM, an old computer monitor, component. Like, there's a lot of ways you can play on an old TV. That's, like, one of the biggest appeals, too, about the Mr. T- uh, for me was playing on the original monitor, on an old monitor, and then HDMI to the stream. I'm like, as long as the emulation's good, it's, you know, uh, I, I'm game. So the first thing I did, the very first build I did, is I play Gimmick. Gimmick's a really hard Famicom game, and I play Haberiki as well. Haberiki has, like, what, three frame-perfect tricks right after? Nailed them right away. Same stuff, <laughs> same same thing with Gimmick. I'm able to, yeah. to, to do it. And that's, like, when you first get into the Mister, you're like, here, you're like, you get people over, you're like, here, play this. Like, like try to do this. See if this is any different. Because I was doing this at GDQ, and people are like, wow, this feels, it feels real. Yeah. I, um talking about controllers a little bit because obviously you want to play with some type of controller it out of the box will support um, i believe most directx and x input devices so directx and x input are the two dominant um, pc uh, protocols for for controllers um, your xbox 360 and and xbox one controllers both use x input um, you can use uh, things like, let me see if I have one around. Um, you can use things like a <laughs> bliss box. Oh, is that what you were getting up? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's so awesome. Um, you can also use uh, the 8-bit dough retro controllers. This one happens to be the 2.4 gigahertz uh, M30. The nice thing about this is it's extremely low lag. Um, between this and... Uh, using it on a CRT, you're not going to notice a huge amount of lag. It's enough that like a, a light gun wouldn't work directly with this type of interface, but uh, the controllers work just fine. The last and most complicated are the either the blister, which is the bliss box in a um, in a USB hub form for the built specifically for the Mister, or the new snack adapters. Um, right. 
and the snack adapters, the big thing that they do is they actually wire directly to the FPGA. Like it's a USB interface, but the way the USB works is it's just direct pins that go right to the FPGA. And therefore the cores operate on the controller just like an actual console does with a controller. Yeah, there's no direct USB access processing. to the pins. Yeah. Oh, nice. And those with are the... fast enough to use a light gun. Yeah, the uh, so the Mister by default, uh, as long as you if if you run a script, it has one millisecond polling. So yep. it's a it's a special uh, specialized Linux kernel that's super fast. The native con the native uh, rate of polling for most consoles is one millisecond. So there's like he mentioned the controller he has. I think if you plug it in, it's less than a millisecond. Right, less than. Uh, the this i this cheap i buffalo uh, <laughs> Super Nintendo controller. This is less than a millisecond. Yeah. So you you're not going to have any added lag with that one millisecond and a low lag USB controller. But like, what they what they uh, what um, Evan was mentioning with like the Gamer Pro, for example, and with Snack, you can get a level. It has a lever level shifter built into it. And that allows you to plug directly into the side of the mister, the, the GPI IO pins, which has like a USB style head, but it's not USB. And then, then you could use your original controllers. Like my favorite Nintendo controller is a, a Sansui SSS Joy Card. This is, it's an oversized Famicom controller. Yeah, but it looks like a Famicom. Amazing. <laughs> and then, yeah, because like I'm a controller freak. Like I, since I have the original hardware, I have all the original controllers. The the um the shuttle pad for the PC engine is yeah the, is the best controller for God the PC I'm jealous engine. of that that thing is not cheap <laughs> yeah. oh I got mine for like ten bucks I think what oh I'm so jealous okay <laughs> but yeah you the input lag is definitely as long as if you're playing on a PVM or if you're playing on a low lag HDMI monitor you have a low lag controller lag is not going to be an issue lag was my biggest issue with the RetroPie when mm. I set up I used to yeah, set up totally. RetroPies and help friends set it yep. up. It's like it just doesn't. Something doesn't feel right. The, all the like the new classics, they're amazing, but they're not for us. They're not for like the diehard gamer. You're not going to be able to speedrun stuff on, on a Super Nintendo Classic or the TurboGrafx-16 Classic nope. that's coming out. One more thing, you Speaking can of uh, control plug controls. into your into your Mister for some authentic. Uh-oh, uh oh, we busted out the arcade sticks. Here we go. So, so what's interesting with this is I got this really cheap because this is a first run of the tournament edition for the PS3, hmm. and it literally only works with the PS3. Yeah, it doesn't matter on the Mister. No, it actually doesn't work with the Mister either. I thought we it's used. So, I thought that's what we used it at Games Done Quick, Evan. It is. I bought for twenty bucks a, uh, oh. a Mayflash <laughs> Magic S, got it. and this converts the signal to X input. And so it works perfectly. Does that add any lag to it? Not that I've seen, but yeah. I haven't done a lot of testing on you it. You could put a Cthulhu or a Brooks board or something like that in there as well. Yeah, but the, having this is really nice because, um, the arc, especially once the CPS-1 stuff is out, being able to play Street Fighter on a full full arcade Gotta. system would be really nice. Well, and this is where I, I kind of had my... I kind of rethought actually a lot of what I thought about retro playing games on actual hardware and stuff because Evan found one of the monitors at SGDQ that had the RetroTink plugged in. And right now, the I don't know if Evan's going to remember this, but the RetroTink is, is, think, is actually getting uh, quite popular, which is great mm -hmm. because it's it's a great solution to easily get any kind of most old consoles up onto a, a, a modern display. And I was playing with my TurboGrafx-16 controller or my PC Engine controller on, on 
on Evan's Mister, and I was speed running, and I got to tell you, I could not tell the difference between that and my PVM and my PC engine at home. And uh, I, I, that's you, you start, you have to experience to really have that light bulb moment. But it is, I, in my opinion, <laughs> it was indistinguishable. And yeah. so, and that's where I really thought, oh my god, this is for real. This thing is absolutely for real. The first time you have five minutes on it, you'll change. I'm a original hardware guy. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I, I used to be. <laughs> The biggest hardware Nazi about that. Oh, yeah. That's a horrible word, but um, <laughs> yeah, like for the longest time. But you're anal very, about your your hardware. You know, like it was it was important to you that you play these things on the old thing. I totally get it. It was very it. important. <laughs> yeah. It was very important. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, you, change, you change. I, I appreciate that. And it seems one of the things that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like just as if we're, we're getting new core developments almost every single day, the support for different types of USB devices and actual hardware seems to be uh, continually evolving as well. Is that accurate? And is there a vibrant community around that as well? Yeah. Yeah. There, so. There's, there's always something going on. Well, Okay, so Uber Disco <laughs> say that I'm selling this like as if I was sh- selling it on the Home Shopping Network. And okay, here's the reason why. And this is kind of the dragon discuss- on the blade. There's a dragon <laughs> printed on the blade. I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but so 40 watt range t- made this tweet that, uh, and this is a few months, maybe it's a couple months ago now, that he saw he, him personally. He kind of saw the future of speed running uh, of old retro games and consoles is going to be happening on things like an FPGA or in this case specifically the Mister. And at first I was like, what is he? You know, all the high level. I'm looking at Mario. Every Mario game is still run on original hardware. Like nobody is, or, or at least uh, now Mario 64 is, is moving over to Wii. But I mean, there's some. There's a lot of things that are happening still in the original hardware, and I'm like. Wait a minute. Hang on a sec. Let me think about this, though. Um, here's my thoughts, and then I'd love to get the panel's thoughts because I think it's a really interesting question, and that is that um, let's take the the CD consoles, for for instance. The the lasers are dying. They're going to die. The, their hardware is dying out. Like, it just it, – physically, at some point, this stuff is going to fail, but uh, we there's definitely a future in the Mr. and the FPGAs and what we can do with chips and things like that. And so that's where I started to come around on it. And then after playing it and noticing that I couldn't really tell the difference, uh, I kind of I, – I, I was hard-nosed to disagree with him. And I'm curious what the panel thinks about that. We'll start with that. So- uh, so there is no dispute if you use original hardware. So like you can't argue anything. Right. So I I still honor and still you know if you want to play on original hardware that's fine. As long as the core is as accurate as an emulator is, then I don't see any difference in allowing. I mean, you know, a lot of runs in speedrun.com allow emulators or allow original hardware. You know, it just needs to be in the descriptor. On stuff that there is an advantage, like CD stuff, if it reads faster, that needs to be compensated for just as they compensate in other speed runs. You know, like stuff that runs on a GameCube or a Wii. You have different loading times, so you have to do a calculator for some of them. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely has advantages, uh, you know, for speedrunners. You can um, you can change or you can load different games quickly. You can uh, play on original hardware and then still have a high quality, you know, 1080p for the stream. You can use any controller you want. So if you have a favorite Nintendo controller and you want to use it on the Genesis or whatever, you could do something like that as well. Uh, Any other thoughts, Evan, there? No. um, One of the things that always comes up with with emulator support uh, for speedrunning is that a lot of games, especially the games that have hundreds of runners will set a threshold. So if you're within 5% of the world record, 
time-wise, right. then you have to be on real hardware. Below that, they're like, just learn the game. Get good at it. Do, do whatever you got to do. When you really start getting competitive, they may require you to be on real hardware. And it really depends on who knows about FPGAs. I definitely imagine there are going to be some games where they've never heard, or some moderators that have never heard of the Mister, never heard of an FPGA console. They're not going to, they're going to think you're cheating. <laughs> or they're not going to know the difference. Right. Um, I know that 40 watt range got a at least one time uh, on Super Mario World 11 exits approved. So Super Mario World at the very least is accepting it, and if oh, they're accepting cool. them, that's cool. Most games are going to start accepting them. That's one of those heavy hit games. Yeah, the Super Nintendo uh, core is built really, really well. That's by SRG 320. Another person that's supposed to be working on the PC Engine stuff. And they also brought the Make a CD stuff to the FPGA. Mm-hmm. I think the chat is actually reading my mind of where I want to go next with this because, um, you know, uh, as somebody who had put some money into uh, all of these ridiculous retro consoles I have now, um, I, I was thinking the 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 cost actually seemed a bit high to me to get something that I would have wanted to play on after I got the RAM and I got you know all these things. But the more I started thinking about, it, and this is where Forty Watts tweet stuck in my brain again. I'm like, let's say you're starting from nothing. Let's say you just you know you've been using the emulators and you'd like to use some actual hardware. Um, this. You, I, right now, my local retro shop, and in Southern California, we're lucky. We have a bunch of retro shops. For 80 bucks, I can go get the Nintendo, the controller, and a couple of games. Like he, the guys, everyone in town sells a package that's like that. But for just a little bit more, like we're talking, you know, maybe an extra $100 or whatever, I can have the six consoles that I have right in front of me <laughs> and, 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 and played just as if I was playing on the original consoles. Maybe I can go buy some controllers. I can do whatever it is for me. So I think the cost thing when I start thinking about this, uh, especially if you're just starting out, like this would make sense. Uh, cost-wise. Well, I, I ask you the question. You went and bought your $100 uh, Nintendo and a couple games and controller mm-hmm. or whatever. How do you get that into your capture card? Mm-hmm. And that's where I spent another – how much was an RGB mod? I don't know. It was it was expensive. I, it was yeah. more than $100. I don't remember how much it was. but Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of shocked whenever somebody considers the price being expensive. It's because, right. like, yeah. if you – if I have a ridiculous quality original hardware stream. I had to buy a G-SCART W, a, like a SCART right. splitter. Mm-hmm. I had to buy all the original RGB cables, the right. RGB the HG, mods. Yeah, the SG Retrovision the, cables. <laughs> all the EverDrives for yeah. the system to play mm-hmm. that, you know, like all the original – all the controllers, like all of that – kind of gets pushed down to about 200 300 bucks on the mister if you're yep. doing it and then you have every flash cart you have yep you have uh you know perfect rgb signal you have perfect 1080p signal you got right it's a ridiculous value once you get it in your house and you're, and you're playing you'll there's always an aha moment even people that because i've built maybe 40 misters now there's a week later after they get it they're like Oh my gosh! I didn't like. I thought it was gonna be cool, but it's it's changing everything. People are playing, you know, old games that they they played when they were a kid, and they're finding new games. Like it's ridiculous. I'm just even thinking about my Switcher. I think was like eighty or ninety bucks. Like I and I wouldn't need the Switcher anymore. Like all of that is just you know completely irrelevant. Yeah. If it's, and so I, um, I there was a good question up here. Uh, Gia San Gigolo, um, you guys think with the growing popularity of FPGA boards such as the DE10 Nano will become cheap? Uh, will it become cheaper with mass production? Okay. No, the the D10 Nano, the Trastic D10 Nano is also a ridiculous value. It's being su- it's subsidized by Intel. It's probably about three hundred dollars worth of hardware pushed down to one forty. Wow. People have asked me, should I commit now to the Mister or should I wait till it jumps to the next hardware? I'm like, what next hardware? We yeah. could the the Mister project. What actually was moved from? It was originally called the Mist. 
and then it moved to the Mister when it moved to the D10. Hmm. The D10 is just a ridiculous amount of hardware. Like I've already said this, but it's like three hundred dollars worth of hardware for one hundred forty bucks because it's subsidized. It's supposed you're supposed to like use this in classrooms to learn on FPGAs. Yeah, and it's it's the same hardware that um, some people are doing cryptocurrency mining on. Oh, nice. So <laughs> that's actually one of the reasons that that's sometimes it disappears. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but um, no, they have. Uh, if it's powerful enough to do that at this cost, it's. I mean, it's going to be the best thing you're going to be able to buy right now. So. Yeah, you can even run stuff on the ARM side, like Scum VM. Completely yep. runs without the FPGA. It runs on, on just on the like the Android or the ARM side of stuff. Yeah, I think that and that's awesome to hear that. There's you know it sounds like it's something that's going to be around for a while as well. Um, I, you know, um, um, developing for any modern platform, one of the things you you know you run into is that there's going to be uh, new hardware. There's going to be new so- There's going to be new developments. But knowing that something is going to stabilize and going to be the same for a while is actually I, I know from my, I've heard from developers that actually creates a good environment to develop for. So that's kind of great to hear. Um, let's see. So what's, you know, we mentioned a little bit what, what might theoretically be possible, but what is the future for the Mr. itself? Like, are we, do, will we see, will we continue to see development, let's say for the Nintendo core, the NES core? And what are, what does that future look like? If you will. Evan, you want to go first? I'll let you go first. Okay. So, uh, the CPS one is currently being, uh, worked on by Jotago. Uh, CPS one's like this beefy, I can go grab it. It's this beefy arcade board. <laughs> With a sharp 68k processor and the giant RAM board and giant like analog control board, that's, that's so on the cool. Mister now. Like it's just it's uh it's on his Patreon, but that should be public in about a month. He's going to then probably jump to we expect CPS two, which is basically a beefed up CPS one. So then you'll get all your versions of Street Fighters. You get Marvel versus Capcom. You'll get like all kinds of really uh stuff that was powerhouses back in the day in the arcade. Yeah. Uh, the Jaguar core is being worked on by Electron Ash and a few other people. Jaguar is like, I mean, I have a Jaguar here somewhere, Why? and uh, it's a <laughs> Tempest 2000. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful Tempest 2000 uh, <laughs> console. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff um, planned. PC Engine CD uh, could come eventually. The, that's the, the the most exciting thing, and uh, is that anything could come. You can like, it's an open source setup. You can look at other people's code. People help you with stuff. You say you want to use something, you know, you want to build an old arcade game that has a 68K processor. There's a perfect one out there. It's plug in. You can plug and play and grab modules and recreate stuff for like that. Like, if you're listening, create a Bongo arcade game. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, there's a huge amount of... Um, there's two big areas that you're going to see. Uh, one is going to be... Or I guess three big areas. One is going to be new console cores, which there's a handful in production. Uh, the next area is going to be in refinement. So you're going to see what's going on like with the, uh, the Turbo Graphics and the PC Engine is that they're actually coming back around to it and make, making even better versions in the hardware description language of the individual chips. So it's going to go from a really, really good to an insanely good uh, <laughs> core. And then the last one is going to be um, the push into uh, the all of the arcade cores. The arcade cores that are available are a drop in the bucket of what it's capable of. There is so much arcade hardware out there that it, that the mister could handle without any problem. It just requires somebody 
have the knowledge and have the time to work on it. Do you mind if I follow up with that for a moment? And yeah. what makes Arcade so complicated? And I know a little bit about this, but maybe you could just describe, like, why is it tough to, why isn't there just a catch-all? Why isn't there a meme for the mister, basically? Um, the big thing is that, especially early on, the Arcade hardware was uh, bespoke. Each con Each Arcade unit had a separate board that was configured differently and laid out differently. After a few years, they started to realize that was really impractical because they'd have to write games and then build hardware that fit that. So they started to get into things like the Sega System 1 and then eventually CPS and things like that, where there was a base level hardware and then they just added a small amount of hardware or later in like CPS 3, where it's literally kind of just a ROM cart that sticks on the, the top of it. <laughs> Uh, but they, they would add just the hardware necessary to do something special for that game. Right. So so when they originally developed arcade boards, they weren't thinking modular at all. This was something no. very, okay. <laughs> no, because they, they, would... didn't, they didn't want arcade operators ah. upgrading. Yeah. They wanted they want to, buy to buy a, a whole new yeah, cabinet. Of course. But okay. eventually arcade operators like, we're not going to buy any more yeah. original cabinets. We yeah. need a standard. And they created mm -hmm. the JAMA standard, which hmm. is then yeah, universal, at least, yeah. Yeah, at least for the plug-in. And to your point, and that's why we have. That's why each individual cores have to be made to support a specific right. hardware because it's yeah, two one to one. One thing to note about the Mister though is there is like, it is recognized that there are some arcade uh, games that are very similar, like the Galaxian, the Galaxian board. Like there's a Galaxian core, right? So the Galaxian core and the MRA, MRA is like the launch file, the Mister executable, or was it Mr. Ron Arcade or something like that? Yeah. Basically, it it makes the core and the ROMs work together and how they work together. So there is a lot of, like, just recently, Alan SWX, he's been going through all the arcade stuff and then symbolizing the cores to be like, okay, this is mostly a Miss Pac-Man, this is mostly a Galixian, this is mostly that, and then having the MRAs launch the core in a specific way and specific uh, tie it into the, to the original ROM like that. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. So, they, so cool. They've taken suddenly, um, they had, let's say, 20 different arcade cores, and they realized that there was 100 games that were very close to those 20 cores. And so we've seen a bunch of arcade cores now supporting four other games. Uh, the Dig Dug 2 core also supports Tower of Draga and a couple <laughs> other games. Yeah, shout outs to Mr. X. Yep. But there we go. Uh, Dinkatron asked an interesting question that we started to touch upon a little bit, but I'd like to revisit for just a moment uh, and asks, uh, what is likely, what is least likely to come to it? And we had mentioned the Saturn and the Sega CD. I, I have a small anecdotal story here is that uh, when I first bought my Turbo EverDrive, I contacted Cricks and I'm like, man, I, you know, I'm a speedrunner. Save states would be like the dream. What can I do to get to the save states? And his response was that, um, you know, because the way the hardware was made, it's really a, a real challenge to have the entire, you know, hey, there's there's my uh, EverDrive. <laughs> it's a real challenge to get the entire system to just come to a stop and sit and freeze that moment in time. I'm curious if some of those uh, same type of problems exist. And then also, you know, on that list, what is like least likely to be supported anytime soon? If you, Al, do you might maybe have some info on that? Um, a lot of people are keep on asking about the N64. Uh, hmm. The N64 is a huge beast of a CPU. Uh, it's possible it could probably be implemented like if somebody really wanted to put the time in it, but at what speed, like Evan mentioned earlier, what speed would it run at? Right. It'd actually be easier, like Electron Ash has done, you know, a t test of proof 
to use the original CPU on the N64, which was in routers, it's in modems, it's in like you can oh, find wow. it other than N64, and set a hat on top of the Mister, so have it interact with it, and then it just uses the original CPU, and then everything else is handled FPGA. Um, but yeah, you mentioned also because it is you know original hardware, it thinks it's original hardware. It is hard to do save states. Like the the Game Boy Advance, the author of the Game Game Boy Advance Core is. He proved a lot of people wrong that you can have save states, that you can have fast forward, and that because they were willing to to do it. They the way that they approach stuff is really cool too. Is they write the emulator first and then mm. they convert it to uh, they they then work on the FPGA stuff. And supposedly I forget what they're working on next, but uh, pretty amazing and, stuff. And that was done as a wasn't that done as like a graduate project research project. Uh, I know the Donopachi uh, stuff is done like that. I'm not sure okay. if the um, GBA. Yeah, some of the stuff is being done as uh, university research um, for uh, embedded hardware developers that are working on getting like a master's or a doctorate. So one of the things we didn't touch on before, and I forgive my ignorance here, is something like Dolphin's Netplay possible? Does it already exist? Is something like that a possibility for the Mister? Or is that a little bit out beyond its reach? There's a lot of things that are a possibility. If um, netplay could happen, okay. and down the road netplay could happen, uh, save states for every core could happen, uh, retro achievements could happen. No, a lot of things are are theoretical or through. I can't get the word out. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things could ha- a lot of things could happen, yeah. um, but they're concentrating on getting the foundation first, and then we can go kind of like TurboGrafx is being returned to. Then we can go and add stuff to it down the yeah. down the road. Yeah, the the one that really nice thing is the way that this functions is there's an actual ARM processor on the board, and then the FPGA. So some of the stuff you're doing is actually being run on the ARM processor, and therefore we could run code like Netplay code on the ARM processor, and it wouldn't have to touch the FPGA. It just depends on if somebody out there is going to step up and write it. Can't believe I didn't ask this in the first place. But what operating systems are currently supported? Then, like, can you support? Can it support multiple operating systems? Uh, if there is an underlying a, ARM chip? It runs a, a really, really slimmed-down version of Linux right now. Okay, got it. Okay. Which is probably all it needs, I guess. If it's so if you're really it's only just uh, if you're just trying to run something yeah. simple to get the, the, the console the core I up. Mean, you know I mean, you can run the AO four eighty six core and run DOS and Windows three one and Windows ninety five on oh, there. That's right, because they, they they they're supported. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, let's see. This is uh, this is some good. Let's see if uh, I thought I saw another question that I. Uh, oh, this is a cool one. Um, uh, GSN. Uh, I'm keeping it. San Sigilo. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering that name, but this is just for curiosity. But uh, what are the kind of cases people are using? Because I I noticed that you could probably set it up in any kind of case you wanted. He was thinking hey, maybe his old Raspberry Pi case might fit, but it's a little bigger uh, than a Raspberry Pi. But it is. Yeah. Outside. So there. So there's enclosed cases like the one that I showed off earlier. Um, there's also modular cases. So like I actually helped design and had made up acrylic cases. So it's just an acrylic plate in the bottom, acrylic plate in the top. And then that way you're able to keep the modular aspect of the mister. You can build and, you know, build and take stuff apart or add stuff to it. Uh, there's 3d printed cases. Um, and a lot of this stuff is being done up open source. Like I released the file for the acrylic plates and then people have modified it and made their own version for sale. Like all I ask is that whenever you do change from my file, you keep it open source. Yeah. So like Zero himself has an open source version, which includes the buttons. I did a cutaway for the buttons. Um, but yeah. 
So you could, I mean, you could print your own cases. It's that simple, right? Yeah, yeah, you can print your own case. That's awesome. Um, let's get a little more practical. Um, uh, there, I, I think is, there's so many. You know, let's say I've, I, I mean, at this point now, I've watched Smoke Monsters videos. I've, I've done a lot. I've been done doing a lot of reading. I've totally. If I want to dive in, where can I? Like, where do I start? Where do I buy this thing? Where is there a good place to start uh, to actually, if I'm ready to make the purchase and dive in? I would start with buying your own uh, D10 Nano and then reaching out to whoever you build a relationship with or wherever you're located. There's in the U.S., there's Mr. Add-ons, there's Zero himself. Um, There's an Atari uh, thread that I'll link to that gives uh, the local distributors in your area. But mostly everybody that I've heard of has had good relations with almost everybody. It just depends on what you want, what they have in stock, if you want their specific case. It's all, it's open source. So you could even make your own, you could send off the PC boards and make it yourself if you want to. Yeah. Mr. Add-ons is who I've bought from in the past. And I'm actually, I think I'm one of his first customers he ever had before he actually had a store. It was yep. just me PayPaling him and talking to him through Twitter. Right. And I have dealt with Zero himself multiple times. They have a, I have a coupon that you can use to get a percent off your total package. Uh, I've dealt with Ultimate Mister uh, Ricardo over in Portugal. He's an amazing person. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard good things almost about every supplier of Mister yeah. parts. Um, just so you, if you're wondering, uh, Amazon has the DE10 Nano kit uh, for $140, and DigiKey has it for $130. Okay, so you get and something they both have easily accessible. Stock. Yeah. Got it. Uh, I got to give a big uh, thank you and shout out to Electron Ash who actually. Uh, put me in the direction of Alanonymous and some others to to, to get some info and, and put some people together to talk about this. Um, one of the things I, I learned very quickly is that this this the project uh, touches all parts of the globe. And so it's, it's interesting, too, that development like this can happen with language barriers and things and, and geography and things like that. So I'm really impressed with the way that the community, um, uh, it, the way that they're able to interact and support each other, considering some of the issues that may come <laughs> to barrier to do that. Um, um, is there a place uh, where a lot of, uh, you know, if, if I was passionate about this, is there a Discord? Is there a forums? Like, where is a place that I can get it if I'm into the community side of this thing? So the first place I started hanging out when I wanted to learn about Mr. Stuff was the Smoke Monster Discord. You get an invite once you become like a patron of a dollar, I think, a month. Uh, there's also Classic Gaming Discord is really good for Mr. Talk. They have a whole couple of Mr. Categories. I have a Mr. Thread on my Discord, which where we help out each other and keep each other up to date. But there's, there's tons of places. Uh, Evan, do you have any other place? Um, if you go to the GitHub for the actual project, there's a link for discussion. And that goes to the Atari forum forum for the Mr. specifically. Uh, it's not, I wouldn't call it beginner friendly because <laughs> there's a lot of questions on there that if you ask the question, they'll be like, that was in a thread 40 pages ago. Like, go look at that. Stop bugging us. <laughs> but it's also a really good place because they have a thread that updates every time they make an update so you can see what the latest cores are and what changes they've made and all that um there's a few facebook groups as well yeah yeah the the original uh the um creator alexi uh, also known as sorg um they update the atari thread and the mist and the facebook thread that's where like you get the official news from the source um I left off one of the most obvious questions and we didn't even, t- is Mr. an acronym for anything? <laughs> Wait, Mr. is like, it was originally M-I-S-T, which yeah. was supposed to be an Atari ST FPGA, then, wasn't it? It was Amiga, 
So that's the okay. MI. And okay. then Atari ST, which is the ST. I don't know where the error came from. <laughs> uh, I think they were just, they. it was the plus, like it was the missed plus idea. And then they were like, well, it sounds like Mr. <laughs> It's a great name, I, I, and, it's a, and I like the way it's stylized as well. I like the lowercase i. I think it's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> oh, oh, is there any? Right, good. Sorry, Evan Evan mentioned earlier about light gun support. There's actually oh, yeah. somebody in your chat that is working on light gun support for uh, the, Mega, the Mega Drive and the Mega CD, uh, Shane in there. But yeah, yeah they're, they're adding it. So he wanted light gun support, so he's adding light gun support. Like, you can, you can fork anything, and create it and submit it and then if it gets taken it's taken or it can be changed like since it's open source you can just fork something and then work on it yourself like all the LLAPI stuff the low lag stuff that's forked from the original it's not supported officially but it, it's forked yeah you know so it's supported that way and i assume that the only limitations of light guns would be what it is now where you have to use a crt tv you couldn't you know do this on a uh, a modern display right something like that I think so. Shane would be better at answering that. I think, yeah, yeah you'd, you'd want to use an original uh, monitor, but I think there is yeah. HD. I think there is HDMI support using a. Uh, oh, that's right. Like they have a a little... dolf, the Dolphin Bar yep, and yep, uh, a yeah. Wiimote. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. That is so cool. Or a mouse. You can also use a mouse. It can. There we'll give you a mouse. Uh, <laughs> yep. Shane yeah, in the chat the right now is, is actually commenting. <laughs> Adding motion control support for HDTVs. There you go. There we yeah. go. Awesome. Uh, yeah. I, and that's I, it's that's something that I keep coming back to, and I know. And wait, there's more. I'm selling it some more. But uh, I, I love the fact when the only thing that's limiting at this point is obviously whatever the hardware is. But I mean, also, but that the creativity. There's really no limitation to the creativity, and, and what if you want if you want to see something on this mister, you can go and do it. And I just I, that that I it blows my mind. Uh, I, I keep saying. You know, I, I always keep, hey, my, the next console I'm going to get or whatever. And right now, the next console I'm going to get is for sure the Mister because of how uh, it's it just, it, it's, it does everything. It's it really, it's really impressive what it can do. It, um, it, good, good. Um, it's so hard not to sell the Mister when you talk about it. Like, I try <laughs> to keep an objective view, and I do a lot of the times, but when I talk about it, I'm trying to sell you on it. I mean, honestly, I'm trying to sell it. That's like my main focus <laughs> of, of my stream of my last year has been pushing the Mister. Has been th shoving it down people's throats, and they realize, oh, this is really cool. Like I've personally built forty and shipped them to people, you know, and, and so many other people comment because uh, I have a I have YouTube stuff where I tell people how to set show people how to set up the SD card, uh, show how to do builds, and people are like, you're the reason, meanie, you made me spend money. <laughs> yeah. Well. But, uh, and Smoke Monster uh, mentioned it earlier, but you guys aren't getting any marketing kickbacks either, and you're just nope. you're you're all passionate about it, which I think is really yeah. cool. And I don't even charge anything when I build them. <laughs> well, and I think that's one of the things that helps out. Like, if you're going to go down this road, you know that there is a supportive community out there. Like, um, I got to be honest, when I first started speedrunning, uh, there wasn't, I, I couldn't, there wasn't a TurboGrafx-16 Discord or anything like that, but this is the console I was passionate about. And just having a community come together around it and people that could support each other, it makes a huge difference. It's like, oh man, I have a question, I can ask it, and somebody might know the answer or might be able to help me. Yeah. So... Um, is there anything I'm missing? I feel like uh, we covered all of our topics, but I, I always feel like there's there's with this we could, yeah. there's more. <laughs> Let me look at this uh, this list that you um, you went through. I appreciate it. Just to like there are so many good step by step tutorials and stuff like that. I don't think we need to do something like that for this. I think this is more about you know the the capabilities and things like that. Yeah, that also wouldn't make good audio listening. Right, wait, that's the other part. Yes. <laughs> You can load uh, cores on demand from a menu and switch at will. That's awesome. Oh, they, oh, that's one thing I would like to cover, actually. Um, 
when we uh, when you get your Mister started, there is a graphical user interface, right. and um, I, I didn't think it was actually that complicated. But uh, Al, could you walk us through a little? We'll start with Al, and then we'll Evan. You can chime in here. What what, what is that? G, uh, the, what is the graphical user? How easy is it is to switch between consoles, cores, that kind of thing? Right. So the graphic interface is super simple, and it's like that on purpose. It doesn't have all the flashy images of the carts and descriptions of the games. It's basically just a launcher. So you. The, the main menu, you can uh, choose arcade stuff, computer stuff, console stuff. And then from there, you program, your, you program your controller in there, and then you go to the core, and then the core has a very similar uh, on-screen diagnostic for, or display for loading the ROM. You load the ROM, and then you know any options you want to change there. If you're in the Genesis core, you can change what model Genesis you have, what uh, kind of audio you have. But it's all very, it's all very simple, like it's, and it's simple on purpose. Evan, when you were showing me your uh, uh, Mister, I, I also noticed how quickly it loaded up and how quickly it was to switch between. Like, it's really fluid and doesn't like it's hardly any time wasted as you're switching through these things. Yeah, no, um, yeah, he, there you he go. beat me to it. I was doing that same thing, um, <laughs> but it uh, no, it's really easy. The on the controller, um, like if you use a Xbox 360 controller or whatever, there's a button that you can set and you just press the button and the, the main menu comes up and you can change cores. You can, inside of a core, you can change ROMs. Um, if you output to the HDMI, you can actually add in um, like cool filters. So you get like a CRT filter or you can get an LCD effect filter so it'll look like the original Game Boy. Um, oh yes, Mary Kate and Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually one of the games that that Evan showed me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you load it on Mary Kate and Ashley as well? did. Oh, maybe it wasn't you. Maybe somebody else. I'm sorry. Well, there are are three bangers for the Game Boy Advance. (laughs) Yeah. This is uh, probably my favorite one. My favorite is the GBA videos. (laughs) Oh, Oh, yeah. The GBA videos are great. Yeah, that's the real thing. But yeah, so, okay, say, look, we're in the Game Boy Advance, right? So we could load a game right here just through this. We could switch to a different Mary Kate and Ashley game if you wanted to. And I mean, the Game Boy Advances are pretty large, but it's already loaded, so we're uh, we're already into the next game. Say you wanted to go, and then you don't even have to go back to the main menu. You can go to a different core here, and I can load a Game Boy game. So right here, we'll go right into a Game Boy game, and you can lo- you can also uh, say what game you want it to load automatically by putting it in the boot folder. Uh, you know, uh, real quick, uh, and as we start to wrap this thing up, I I, I appreciate you both giving me so much time uh san gigolo uh do you guys think that we should you should jump into the mister right now and uh the answer is obviously yes i think uh that al mentioned it earlier that you know there's no reason to wait because it's not gonna as 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 far as i understand it's this is that we have the hardware that we're gonna have is is that accurate al yes yeah and jump in now and then everything that comes past this date is a bonus (laughs) yeah there you go there you go yeah that was that was the thing that really when I I bought it and I was like, okay, it does this stuff. And then I realized a week after I bought it, it did 5% more. And then a week after that, it did 5% more. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, it come, it wanes and waxes, you know, sometimes we're getting a lot of stuff all at once. And sometimes there'll be a month or two where it's just little updates, but <laughs> it's more valuable now than when I bought it. Yeah. My, my, my uh, biggest win uh, recently was Game Boy Advance, Game Boy getting dual output because previously yes. it was it was single output yeah so now i can not- play game boy on my pvm and have hdmi so yep. 
I may have played some of my favorite Game Boy games. There are many Game Boy games and Game Boy Advance that I would love to stream and speed run, and I just haven't had a way to do so. And this is, I mean, this is less, way less than the 3DS capture cards and things like that. And I know the 3D, it doesn't support 3DS yet, but I mean, Game Boy Advance, what do you need? The, still, you need the Game Boy Player and all that Game kind of Cube, stuff. GameCube, right? official cables, right, all kinds yeah. of business. Yeah. So um, let's see. Uh, I kind of feel what sentient <laughs> Shane says. My Mister makes me question all my real hardware. No, that's a, that's fair. <laughs> I, a lot of people I know that are in the Mister have sold the original hardware. I'm holding on to anything, so I don't have any regrets. Right. But I'm telling you, if there was an arcade game that came, like Double Dragon, if I had a Double Dragon arcade board, which my friend uh, Smoke just sold, I would have sold it. Like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff like that's coming to arcade stuff. Like, I've always wanted CPS one stuff. CPS, I have two C- dead CPS boards, CPS1 boards. They're very problematic boards. And then I have one working one. CPS1 coming to to the Mister is huge for me because those games are expensive and they're hard to find and they die because they have like all kinds of encryption and stuff like that. And yeah, bad you, capacitors. Have to, you have to mod your CPS1 boards. Uh, the, the B board, right? This, the B the board, board that has the... A- the- the a-, a board's the CPU. The B board is the uh, is the ROM data, and then the yes. C board is the controls and additional stuff. Okay, so the, so you have to mod the A board um, to remove the battery and replace it with the InfiniKey, or I think there's one other option. But it it basically the way it worked is there was an encrypted ROM and a battery, and if the battery died, the the uh, encrypted ROM died. Oh yes. Uh, so it makes the game so, unusable, right? Or the whole yeah. thing unusable, yeah. Yep. They call yeah, them well, su- suicides. <laughs> yeah, it was done like that on purpose, too, yeah. that if the battery died, you lost the language. Yep. Thanks, to Arca- to Arcade Hacker, yeah, thanks to Arcade Hacker, they've preserved and figured out a lot of that encryption for CPS1 and CPS2 and a bunch yep. of other um, battery-based uh, encryption methods. I will also add that for those of us that uh, enjoy participating in live marathons, uh, some live marathons would prefer that you use the original hardware. But things like arcade uh, and things like that, uh, they, there's no, there's not an easy way for a live marathon to support something like that. So the Mister still like, would be totally be accepted. I'm sure you'd have to talk with people and stuff. But I, I would assume that the Mister would like, you know, Zaller when he did his uh, Punch Out arcade run recently was done on the Switch. So when yep. you do things that are just impossible, to, not impossible, but very challenging to get uh actual hardware there this would be a perfect way to support that or yeah it'd be it'd be a huge goal if we got a a mr supported uh device into gdq Mm -hmm. a mr demo absolutely there's so much arcade stuff that people have wanted to submit to gdq but they're so strict on emulation Mm -hmm. um that you know it's not it's not really easy to do um, what's it? Uh, L Rock's uh, Ninja Turtles run this year at AGDQ. Uh, he actually did his on the was it PlayStation or Xbox? So, like, yeah. So any official port is right. is fine because that's an official port. Anybody can buy that, and anybody can compete on that same platform. I think that's what their main concern with emulation is. Yeah, we'll see um, when. So for SGDQ 2020, I'm planning on submitting, which I guess I got to do next week, um, a panel or or a panel in quotation marks. It might just be me up there um, on FPGA's Mister and the future of hardware preservation, right. um, and we'll see how open they are to that. Because if they turn me down, it might be in something more political than that they just don't want that panel or tie. You know, there's there's a yeah. in plethora. There's a lot of, of things. The, yeah. There's a lot of things. Um, but if they let me in, then 
they they at least see that as a future. That's the way I look at it. That's it. I, I saw an interesting question by Sentient, but I don't know if it's 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 uh, something to include. But uh, is there a possibility of uh, creating tool assisted speedruns on the uh, on the uh, Mister? Yeah, there is a uh, Risha has has provided um, a few people with access to a NES uh, that accepts task scripts and it works and it's verified. So uh, I've actually I actually talked to Duengo at the the SGDQ we were at or AGDQ we were at which one we were we were at AGDQ. I talked with him about Mister um, and he kept on asking all these questions I couldn't answer and then I eventually got back to him and then sent him links for everything. But yeah, yeah. it can run it can run test stuff. So I mean, if the hardware if the Mister is you know specifically NES Core is able to run a task script and it works, that helps verify the console. Yeah. Yeah, Very if cool. it if it performs well enough to to support a task script, then it probably is pretty close to the real hardware. Right. Very cool. Uh, Evan and I did a panel at I don't remember it was SGDQ with with uh, the Taskbot uh, Duengo, and it's there's it, it's nice to have uh, it's nice when communities come together to work like that. Uh, we've had a couple of tasters on the podcast. Big fan of that, and the fact that those things are actually working on the Mister that's uh, just another avenue for people to use. Uh, it's and wait, there's more. Okay, sorry, <laughs> we'll keep going there. But that's really cool. Um, okay, thanks guys. I appreciate you both giving us so much time. Uh, why don't we do a quick plug? Al, if people were interested in your stuff and, and seeing where you where are you on the internet, where can people find you? Uh, best places to find me is on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash alanonymous and Twitter, alanonymous. I'm alanonymous everywhere. So yeah, I, I you can it. talk to me personally on Discord and, and in stream. I, and I, I got to give a quick uh, plug to Al. I, I literally just started. Well, I, I should have started there earlier because I've, I've known who Al is for a while now. Uh, but I only started watching the stream a couple months ago. And if you want to see actual like pinball hardware, he's, he mentioned it at the beginning of the uh, the podcast. But he actually has cameras set up. It's really really cool and it's nicely lit and everything. It's really awesome to to watch. That's a huge uh, pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's really well done, dude. Uh, Evan, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at Evan Grill. Um, on Twitch, it's not happening right now because my workbench isn't set up yet, but a lot of times what I'm doing is rather than retro games, I'm actually doing hardware repair. Um, I love those streams. Yeah, yeah, they're really fun. It's it's a really interesting thing to do. It's really fun to stop and talk to people about what I'm doing. Uh, even when I break things, which I've done... <laughs> Um, it's still a learning experience and people are still learning from me and I'm still learning. And I got to tell you, Evan, I thought that was actually one of the most educational, like I, it was one of the more enter- entertaining, obviously as well, but the most recent one where were you do modding? I forgot we were modding. I did I an was, RGB mod for RG a, uh, SNES Jr. And I got it most of the way there. <laughs> and then I carelessly, I think I figured out what I did, which was that I accidentally, um, was trying to solder while the console was turned on. Oh, yeah. And uh, definitely, <laughs> I, I killed the CPU on it. Oh, uh, dang. The nice thing is I have a spare and I actually, the case for it is really nice. So I've been looking online on eBay and there's a few SNES juniors that are showing up with really yellowed cases. So what I might do is buy one of those, do the mod and swap it in. Do you have, a, have a nice do you have a hot air workflow? Can you I, change the S and D main CPU? I, I don't have a hot air rework station yet. I want to get one. Okay. I would I would actually probably change the entire motherboard into into. I mean that'd be case. easier for sure. Yeah, 
Uh, but I really want a hot air rework station. Um, a lot of the stuff I do, I've done where it's been really hard for me to do it, would have been made much easier with just some hot air. Yep. And a lot of looks. <laughs> yep. Well, guys, thanks once again. I appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. If you're enjoying the podcast, subscribe, leave a review. All those things go a long way to helping out the podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, I'm on Twitter, at LatMackey, or you can also join the LatMackey Discord, where we have a sequence break channel. We talk about guests. We have questions. It's really interactive, really fun. Please feel free to stop on by. Thanks so much. See you in the next one. Thank you.